Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. We are super excited. This is the episode that Kelly and I mentioned in our previous episode on sustainability, Oh, also happy National Sleep Day if you're listening on May 13th. We are so happy to have <laughs> Kelly, wake up. We're recording. Kelly, oh, right. Up. Gotcha. Oh, here we are. <laughs> Kelly, we have Colin McIntosh with us, the CEO of In the House. Giggles. So happy. Woo! So happy. Colin, Colin we've been welcome. looking forward to this. <laughs> Thanks, guys. If I we could talk that. to our past selves, we would be so excited. But no, so welcome, <laughs> Colin. Tell, us, yeah. tell the audience a little bit. Obviously, you're the CEO of Sheets and Giggles, but tell the audience a little bit about who you are as a person, who you are in the world, and of course, your awesome company. Sure. So I, I appreciate that. That's very, very kind of you to say. I am Colin. I'm CEO of a company called Sheets and Giggles. And if your audience hasn't heard of us, uh, spoiler alert for anyone listening, we sell bed sheets. Uh, <laughs> and we, we, we sell sheets that are made sustainably out of a material called Lyocell, which is made from eucalyptus trees. Uh, and instead of cotton, bamboo, or polyester, it's much more sustainable in various ways for the different, different fabrics. So, um, you know, in terms of cotton, it uses about 96% less water than cotton, give or take, uh, uses about 30% less energy, no insecticides, no pesticides. Cotton by itself uses anywhere from 16 to 24% of the world's insect- world insecticides based on different estimates. And uh, mm-hmm. then in terms of, you know, versus polyester, uh, polyester is obviously an oil-based synthetic, so we don't use any petroleum in the fabric. Um, and then in terms of, uh, you know, bamboo viscose, for folks that are familiar with bamboo, um, the materials were actually extremely related. So bamboo viscose is the first generation of what's called cellulosic rayon, so fabric made from plants. Um, and so eucalyptus lyocell is the third and latest generation of this process. And compared to bamboo, um, there's no runoff. So you can reuse about ni- 99.5% of the chemicals in every single pulp batch where you're turning the wood into a fluffy fiber. Whereas um, with bamboo viscose, unfortunately, you cannot reuse the solvents. And so you'll actually, uh, you have a lot of discharge associated with the bamboo process. And so um, that's kind of a high level of the sustainability. And then in terms of the, fab- the product itself, I, I actually never lead with the sustainability on our, on our website um, because I don't like uh, companies that the core value prop is like buy this because you're a good person. Um, the sheets are, the, you don't find the that sheets. manipulative? Huh. No, I, I don't like. I don't like that. I think that yeah, it's like it's like you know, natural toothpaste tastes bad, but use it anyway, and you know, like natural yeah. deodorant doesn't do its job, but like use it instead. Um, so you know, we we uh, we basically lead with they're literally softer than cotton. They have a lower coefficient of friction. Um, they're much more breathable. They're cooling. They're moisture wicking. So if you sweat, the sweat will actually spread out evenly amongst the fabric. 
um, really, really cool stats. If you like introduce a population of um, dust mites to uh, our fabric versus cotton, in about 40 days, the dust mites in our fabric will die half off because of the lack of moisture available to them. Um, whereas in cotton, they'll, you know, increase you know, tenfold. That's amazing. And, yeah. And that so is we, amazing. We, I'm thinking, Colin, I, this is Kelly. I may need to, to buy your sheets to have a good night's sleep because between the pesticides and the yeah. insects, <laughs> who knew what was lurking in our sheets? Hey, I'm uh -huh. telling you, it's it's your if you want to sleep guilt free and at the same time, ha like, I swear to God, not just talking sheet. It's the best stuff you'll ever sleep on. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is. I, I I love that I can say honestly, like that. And we have two thousand reviews on our website now. Over two thousand reviews. We've got yeah, they're amazing. Uh, four <laughs> yeah, like four hundred and sixty reviews on Amazon as of this morning. I read every single review. We have a Slack plugin that sends every single review that we get to our company Slack. So everybody on the team reads every single customer review we get. So we both see the quantitative data, but also the qualitative data of what people are taking the time to send us. And that, you know, we, when we hear pe from people with hyperhidrosis or contact dermatitis or mm -hmm. eczema, um, and they tell us that our sheets are the only thing that can get them through the night, it, it's just the best feeling in the world. Okay. Awesome. So I'm really be. curious. Why, why sheets? So after all of that, you, know, you said like, and, and I asked it specifically. So last year, Kelly and I spoke to a company called Casa Homes in California, and mm. they wanted to start a give back company, but they weren't necessarily attached to real estate. So for them, it was more the mission than the vertical, but I'm really curious for you. So why sheets? Like, is it the same with sustainability something that was important to you or like Similar. you really love sheets and comfy sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because I, I, when I teach, um, like, so I'm, I went to Emory university in Atlanta and, um, I'm very, very privileged to get asked to go back and teach a course once a year. And it's always cool. entrepreneurship, always entrepreneurship course. And, and it's funny because I didn't take that class in college. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I love going back and the students always ask me the same question. <laughs> why why sheets? And so and so I have I have um a slide in my deck when I present that literally just says why bed sheets and it's got a picture of my dog looking all confused lying down on the sheets. Um and it's a great question. So there there's a there's two answers there. One is that I really wanted to start a sustainability company. Um and so I yes, I was looking for verticals where I could build a sustainable product in a large vertical. Um but in terms of the broader uh, idea, I really, really wanted a business that I knew could be profitable, that I knew could scale, that I knew that I would excel in with the skill sets that I had. So I basically sat down. This is a true story. Uh, I got laid off at 1 p.m. on a Monday uh, about <laughs> two, and a half year, two and a half years ago, um, September 25th, 2017. Um, and actually a year later on September 26, 2018, I won first place at Denver startup week. Um, oh, wow. so That's yeah, amazing. it was a cool year of work. Um, but so basically I got laid off at one PM on a Monday and three weeks later I incorporated sheets and giggles. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I did that was I basically sat down and I wrote out my perfect business model based on what I learned from the company that I had just gotten laid off on. And I said, okay, I want a massive commodities market with something that has zero brand differentiation or loyalty, something that is largely traditionally physical retail, so I could bring it online, direct to consumer. And then I also wanted something um, that had a low complexity supply chain. So no Bluetooth, no firmware, no software engineers on staff, mm. nothing like that. 
And, and I, it's funny because textiles and this material in particular are actually way more complicated than I gave them credence for when I started the, the company. And I'm, now I'm kind of a textile freak and I'm kind of a sheet freak. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, I will say, honest to God, it is not a app controlled robotics for children. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. slightly less complicated from a supply chain perspective. So that those were all kind of the different pieces. And, um, the last piece was I really wanted a space that, and I put this in like quotations on the business plan, unearned seriousness. So I was looking for a space that was like all the brands were like really kind of uh, took themselves way too seriously. And, uh, <laughs> so and I really, and so that way I could, yeah, I could, I could dig where other people were zagging and be funny and mm-hmm. irreverent. And, and I Love owned sheetsgiggles.com. Because I thought it was a funny name for a bedsheets company like months prior. And I looked at all the domains that I owned and I looked at my business plan and I looked at sustainability mission and bedsheets was like the perfect, perfect category for me for all those criteria. So it's a long story, but it's, that's kind of the way I did it. Well, it's a great story because it, it exemplifies, <clears throat> excuse me, what Laura and I talk about all the time, which is right. Doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable and packed with opportunities. So <laughs> I love the way you laid that out. Thank you very much. I'm sure our audience appreciates that as well because I, it is yeah. business, right? And yeah. and it's business done in different ways that um, also make a, a great, less of an impact on, on the planet and are helping people sleep better and, and feel better. Awesome. Yeah, it, thank you. And one of, the, one of the things to touch on that point, just tack on there, I... I, I hear a lot of times founders, they tell me a very specific story that really breaks my heart, which is like, I had this great idea for a product and I spent, you know, $50,000 over the last six years, like patenting the idea. And, you know, now I'm ready for production, but like, I can't find an investor to give me money. Um, you know, like, how do I do this? And I'm like, oh my God, like how many pre-sales could you have gotten with that $50,000 that you used to like patent your idea. Right. And, 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 and like, so I, my, my point is that like a lot of founders will spend years of their life and so much money and time and emotion building a product they think in their head is the perfect product. That is, that is their beautiful baby that no one can tell them otherwise. Hmm. And then they go, then they bring it to market and the market says, no, thanks. Or, right. or, you know, right. and Warren said, yeah, sometimes the market will say, yes, I like this, but at half the price that you're trying to charge me. Um, mm-hmm. And that's even more insidious because then people will try to make it work. They'll lower their pricing, but they can't lower their cost structure. And so basically, like, you have to build a business model that you're just as equally as passionate about as the product and as the mission, in my opinion. Mm, right. I'm curious about some of the, um, like, how do those strengths and that passion, how does that show up in the day-to-day? So you talked about being as passionate of uh, about the business model as you are about the product and what you're designing. How do you see that? You know, what is the passion and how does it show up in your, you know, daily operations of the company? Uh, my, well, my passion shows up as neuroticism. Um, and <laughs> I, Welcome. <laughs> yeah, Welcome yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, my team, my customers, so I'll, I'll give you a, a specific, so there's two things I'll talk about. One is, um, a specific example and two is, um, a broader culture. So in terms of the specific example, my customer service team does not think about their job in terms of asking and answering questions, because I think that customer service is the most important function at any company, including my own. Okay. 
And so I, I probably have the highest paid customer service people in the state of Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. and like the, and that reason is because I, I actually interviewed my first customer service rep hire and I said, and she now leads our entire customer service stack. And I said, have you ever done customer service before? No. How fast can you type 90 words a minute? Are you willing to, are you willing to buy in to like extremely prescriptive direction about like the way I want customer service to be approached? Yes. Okay, great. You're hired. And I, I, I basically told this person, I, I brought them through our entire variable cost structure, our revenue model. I took them through our net margins and I basically explained you directly impact conversion. Uh, you directly impact return rate. You directly impact, mm-hmm. um, which is just cash off the top, right? You directly impact right. our star star rating, which then directly impacts our conversion, which directly impacts our cost of acquisition, um, which directly impacts our net margin, which directly impacts our break even point. And I basically like took her through every different way that customer service is such a huge, huge, huge impact on the company over the scope of you know tens of thousands of interactions with people. And so now whenever we get a question or whenever we get a, a customer reaching out to us, it's always funneled through that that viewpoint from the whole team now of, you know, not just what are they asking and how can we solve the problem and treating other people the way that we want to be treated as customers and as consumers, but also what impact is this going to have on the company? That in, and frankly, I think that a lot of companies misinterpret that where they say, oh, I don't want to issue returns because I'm worried about, you know, uh, my return rate and the cash off the top. Whereas we will send people returns within 20 minutes of them emailing them, asking for us returns, we'll send them a refund because mm-hmm. that often will lead into incredible word of mouth, five-star reviews, and people saying, you know what, the sheets weren't for me, but I've never dealt with a better company in my life. And then that mm-hmm. directly impacts our conversion rate, which lowers our cost of acquisition, and so on and so forth. So that's, that's just... Um, you know, one piece of it. And then the broader example of the company culture is that, you know, just treat, treating other people the way that you want to be treated and, and, you know, making sure that um, my team always takes that to heart and treats each other the way that we want to be treated. And, um, you know, I, I am trying to be the best CEO that I can, especially through this kind of difficult time. Um, and so, you know, we do 150 bucks a month for mental and physical health for everybody. Um, we do a hundred bucks a month for food. So you can like treat yourself to a nice meal, you and your family. Um, and we, yeah, we do stuff like that, that I think is like, is meaningful and important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we do 25 bucks a month for you to give to any charity that you want. And then also 25 bucks a month, uh, to give the team members. So like, if you, somebody does you a favor, does you a solid covered for you some way, then you can, you can give them 10, 15 bucks as a, as a thank you. Just it's called kudos. Um, and so we've got stuff like that set up. And then also I, <laughs> I tend to hate the, um, the arbitrariness of like corporate culture. Uh, and so we don't have any time limits in terms of like when you're expected to show up to the office, when you're expected to work until if you want to work at the office, if you want to go fly to Munich and work from Germany for a month, hmm. um, when we're allowed to travel again. Um, and <laughs> right. so, yeah. And so, and so that's, um, that type of like trust in people is also i think very important and energizing for people and then you know i'm not an easy boss like if they don't do their job then you know it's we have a conversation about that yeah exactly but everybody's an adult and they can you know they can do their job mm-hmm. you know um when you were talking earlier about customer service and how you 
uh, walked this person through all of these numbers. Laura reminded me when we talked to Kevin Nolan, he owns the, I think it's the country's largest residential painting company because mm-hmm. it's based on number of employees, not number of contractors. And um, he uses something called open book management. And it sounded very similar to that in which mm. everyone understands how what they do, right, makes an impact on the bottom line because he has so many people in the field. So he took it from the approach of I have to empower people to make the decisions that benefit yep. all of us. Because when, when the company stays in business, that's good for all of us, right? And, so it and, was very similar to that, which is a fabulous practice that I really do wish more business owners and company leaders could embrace because if they've been in business for any length of time, although Kevin has, but he just comes hardwired for this, um, that, you know, it, it sounds so contrarian, like, you know, like these, these are secret numbers. Right, right. <laughs> they're, not, they're, not. <laughs> they're, they're, well, they're it, indicators. <laughs> it's, it's weird because like marketing team talks to sales, sales talks to customer service, customer service talks to product. Like it, everybody knows money coming in and money going out. And right. like at some, at some level, right? And so you're gonna, you're not gonna have control of that information regardless. And coworkers talk and they go to happy hours together. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pointless to kind of keep that close to that. So what, you know, everybody always knows our cash on hand, our burn rate, um, you know, break even right. points and, you know, net margins, that sort of thing. It's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm also aligning incentives from a profit sharing perspective, from an equity ownership perspective. Um, and, but the, the, other interesting thing is I think that when this whole COVID-19 crisis began, the first thing I did was, you know, I, I actually, I went on Twitter um, and I asked my Twitter audience, like, what's one thing that you really want your, your boss to do right now for you? And the number one response qualitatively was, I want my manager to tell me if I'm going to have a job or not in two weeks. Right. And so what I, I immediately made a video uh, about a month ago on March 19th, where I publicly pledged and I told, you know, I told my employees personally as well, but I publicly pledged no layoffs at SMG, uh, however we can achieve that. And um, made sure they had job certainty. I opened up our books. I showed them all the cash that we had on hand and, and kind of our situation on three, six and 12 month timelines. And I, I explained to them all the different things that were going to happen to the business in the coming months and how the challenges that we were going to face. And I just said, you know, focus on your family, focus on your, on your job that you have to do, and I'll take care of, uh, of the rest. And so that was, that was uh, I think, a really good moment for all of us to come together heading into this. Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. That's Can we just fabulous, say kudos Colin. to that? Kudos I mean, to really, you, like, exactly. Freaking <laughs> exactly. amazing. And I mean, and that, you know, yeah, doing good business. Yeah, that's, that's right how there. you earn that trust, right? Transparency is a way of, of building trust, you know, and so kudos to you. And, and I Thank hope, you. again, that the people listening to us um, are able to follow your example because it really does pay off in, in terms of a long view. And when, when we talk about sustainability, I think that's really appropriate too, right? Because that's a long view and um, the things that you're doing in terms of the sustainable product, but also sustainable governance, right? So right. it's right. so much more than only the planet. It is the planet, yes, and it should be. And it's all of these other things as well. So right. um, that's awesome. Speaking Thanks. of all the other things, in terms of being socially conscious, 
you also do uh, one tree planted and give yes. two sheets, which how much do you love that? Give two sheets. <laughs> yeah, give two sheets. I, I actually, Ooh, I, I, I love giddiness. <laughs> thank you. I, I love, yeah, give two sheets is my favorite uh, thing that we do. So that's actually been amplified pretty dramatically recently. Um, yeah. We, we, uh, so in terms of one tree planted, we, we plant a tree for every single order. Um, and we do that once a year. We look back on the on the years prior to orders. We do all of our accounting. We pull everything together in terms of how many orders we got. Um, and then basically we make one big donation. We actually just did that in March um, where we donated, I think, 18,650 trees to um, uh, One Tree Planted. And, and I love it because we, we actually joined their Million Tree Challenge. We were able to donate 10,000 trees at once, which is really cool. And oh, awesome. uh, so yeah, so now we're alongside like Facebook and we're alongside other people on their website, which is really cool for us from a brand perspective. Um, but then, you know, it, it, they also, I got a conference call with them the week after and they were like, we saw your donation come in and like the whole office like cheered because we've been getting like no donations during March because of the pullback in the broader economy. Uh. Um, and so that made me feel really good. And um, mm -hmm. and then the, the other thing uh, that we do is the Give Two Sheets program where we actually put we used to put a package into every box uh, asking people to donate and get 10% off a future order if they donated um, their old set of sheets to homeless shelters. We still make that ask, but we don't put the plastic bag in the box anymore because it just was a waste. Mm -hmm. And so people people uh, you know, will get their own bags and make that donation. And so we have a lot of people email us with their pictures from their donations. They go to a homeless shelter, they drop off their old cotton sheets. Obviously, you know, we got to make sure they're in good condition and wash and that sort of sure. thing. But Sheets are the number two most requested item at homeless shelters. Socks are number one. Um, I've and heard so this that. Is a, yeah, so this is a really a really good thing that I wanted to do from day one. And we actually just really, really amplified this. We we got a call about, um, I don't know, four weeks ago from the city of Denver, uh, which is where we're based. And uh, we got a phone call, and basically they were like, hey, we're asking around who makes sheets in Denver, who cheats sheets, and we keep hearing sheets and giggles, you know, we got to, we got to call Colin. And so I got a phone call and they said, Hey, you know, we, we anticipate some serious overflow from COVID-19. Uh, we think that we're going to have a lot of symptomatic people coming into the shelter that we can't keep with, um, you know, our normal uh, bed setup. And so we're building these, what they're calling like respite motels. Uh, we're building 300 of them that are isolated motels that are, you know, going to have comforts that people can um, you know, have while they're sick and symptomatic and get the care they need, just not at the hospital and, you know, not at, in the broader homeless shelter. And so they said, we need 300 twin and twin XL sheet sets. Um, and do you have them? And basically we looked at our inventory. We had 228. Uh, we, they make up like 1% of our sales, like very, very small amount of people have twin and twin XL bed sheets. And, um, we just gave them, we just sent them all to Denver, uh, the week after. And so, you know, I think right now, as of last as of last week, over 100 people a night are staying in those symptomatic, uh, uh, newly built motels, and it just, you know, the team and I couldn't be happier that we're, yeah, mm -hmm. giving people some some level so of comfort responsive. while they're suffering. Yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely, um, you know, we were out of stock on Twin and Twin XL, so people keep emailing us now. Of course, you know, hey, where's your Twin and Twin XL? And just right. explain to them that we're <laughs> it's a good reason why we're out we didn't miss forecast that's so, right that's, that's right great story yeah. to tell for right. why you don't have a product <laughs> yeah it's a, mm -hmm. it's a good it's a good excuse for out of stock i think yeah so 
So well, I'm curious from the personal perspective, you know, you share these amazing stories about what you're doing for your people, what you're doing for your community, what you're doing for, you know, the organization. And, you know, I know you even have some involvement in government in, in your local state. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, so I always come from the micro perspective and I'm, my work is largely with leaders and, you know, supportive roles like yourself. How are you sustaining yourself right now? You know, you're running a company, you've committed to not laying people off. You actually just increased your donations in the month of March and April when we're in a national global pandemic, rather, yeah. you know, how are you, how are you sustaining your energy? How are you, you know, or trying to, because honestly, I've, yeah. I've had all the feels all the times for the past six weeks. And I think that's just well, part yeah. of the human experience right now. But you know, what are some of the things that you have done and that have supported you or that you'd like lot, to do lot, more of? A lot of feels, a lot of feels. Yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> I, I would really, really, really like to see my family at some point. So that's, that's, yeah. that, that's definitely been a challenge. I don't know if I have a really good answer because I am someone with uh, some negative tendencies when it comes to uh, working myself a little too hard in times of crisis. And, um, you know, that was day one when we started the company and, you know, uh, January, 2018, uh, the, yeah, I was working 18 hour days for seven days a week for 12 months. Um, right. and, and that's kind of just the mode that I shifted back into the last four or five weeks. You know, I finally got into the point with the company where I felt like I, you know, I could trust my product team to manage uh, product and supply chain. I could trust my marketing team to manage our marketing. I could trust our customer service team to manage our customer service. And I really felt good about the the systems that we had set up. And then, you know, it just kind of all came crashing down very quickly. So I, you know, you go back into this wartime CEO mode. And one of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. is about peacetime CEO, wartime CEO. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. peacetime CEO knows that, you know, you always need a plan. Wartime CEO knows that sometimes you got to roll a hard, a hard 12. Um, hmm. And so, and so, you know, like, I like that. I like that. That's, you know, just, um, it's just one of those things where you gotta you gotta click into that extra gear, and I think that uh, frankly I haven't been getting out of sleep and working till you know three four five in the morning most nights. Haven't been really shutting down after five or six p.m. like I wanted to this year, and so I think that the what I'm doing now now that we're four weeks and five weeks into this, where you know we were we went remote on March 11th, which felt early at the time. I I, I just introduced something actually yesterday that I'm very, very happy with and the team is very happy with. We're doing something called personal goals, personal quarterly goals. And Ooh. so, yeah, yeah. So we have, so one of the team's goals is, you know, 45 minutes of cardio, four days a week. Another one is at least, you know, X ounces of water. Um, one of my other team members, oh, he, he, yeah, he's going to take singing lessons. And the reason why, and, you know, for, for me, my personal goal is 6 p.m. every day. I'm now like shutting down the computer. I'm just closing the nice. computer and walking away. And, and even if I'm halfway through an email, unless there's an emergency, I'm done at 6 p.m. And then I'm also doing 100 squats every morning before I check my email. So I, ha- like, I have to do that before I let myself open up my email. Um, right. and, and so that, it's the stuff like that. And then if we all achieve our personal goals, I've actually tied a $500 bonus to it on June 30th if you achieve your personal goals. Um, well, so, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So and that I way, need you to know, talk to my daughter about that because I'm yeah. working from home and my husband and my stepson, he moved in with us during this time. He's only like 15 minutes from us. So he's been with us for about a month now. And my daughter's a personal trainer. So at five o'clock, 
we go downstairs in the basement and <laughs> we work out. I didn't know she could have been attaching a financial incentive to reaching our goal. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I need to talk to her about that. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. I, I, I'm so happy that we did it because everybody responded so, so positively to it this week. And it's something I've wanted to do now for a couple of weeks, but I finally got a push last week from something personal in my life to like go forward with it because I was, I was just working so much. I just didn't prioritize it, but I announced it to the team in our team meeting yesterday. And you know, my, my one of my teammates is like, I'm going to take singing lessons now and I'm going to do it. I've wanted to do it for years, but you know, the $500 personal bonus, just helps me justify mm-hmm. the expense. And so mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the stuff like that, like, and, and it lifts the team spirits, it lifts my spirits and it makes me, you know, forces me to like do things that are healthy habits and then there's a financial incentive tied to it. I, I think that that's one of the, the most innovative things that we're doing right now. Can't wait to talk to my daughter about that. Apologize to your daughter for me, please. Just, 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 pre- preemptively say it wasn't wasn't my idea to you know throw this throw this stress under under a light. So. Oh, yeah. that's that's okay because we all we all have a good laugh about it, you know, and that's part of it is keeping your humor up in all that for us too as well. And if you saw me working out in the gym, you would find that humorous too. So, um, on that theory, then, or on that topic, it's not really a theory, is the humor. I mean, I mm. I sincerely sincerely hope that everyone who's listening to our podcast goes to your website because when I first saw it, I was like, oh my lord. I was just cracking up laughing, you know, and it, that just put me in a good mood right away. There's so much about that that is just so um, approachable and makes me feel connected already. So I have to just ask, who who's the creative genius behind all of that? <laughs> uh, so I've got a new creative genius on the team named Chris, who I, I love, um, and he's I hired him in November. Uh, he's my first full-time copywriter besides me. So uh, everything okay. that you read on the web, everything that you read on the website for the most part flows from, from my keyboard. Um, and Chris has awesome. done a really good job of, of, I think, picking up that brand voice and, and doing a pretty good job of like um, picking up where I'm, I'm putting down. And, and so I'm, I, my, I remember the job description I wrote said, um, you know, do you think that you could write for Seinfeld? Are you still upset that you got rejected from SNL? <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, then have you have you always dreamed of selling bed sheets? Like then reach then reach out to us, like you know. And and Chris uh, applied, and he's he's been a real godsend, and and he lets me I think focus on on some of the the broader CEO duties that I need to do. And um and well, I so, think it's it's super great, and the the thanks. visuals too. Again, I I don't want to do too many spoilers on this for people who haven't seen the site, but I know we'll be going to it because um one of them is just start sawing logs is the, the, <laughs> the call to action click through. And there's actually a picture of you sleeping. I'm assuming it's you and someone else actually sawing the log. Right. And you may not know this, but our last month's topic was all on humor. And we talked about how, oh, wow, what a wonderful that. thing that is in business in times of crisis. We even talked about that, but just, you know, for how it, it has the opportunity as we've seen this push people apart, but 
when done well, it has the opportunity to pull people together. And that was just so unexpected that, and again, to me, it just was like, oh, it's unexpected. It's like unexpected that sheets would be made from eucalyptus. So I just right. think it's a great tie into all of that. And it's Thank smart. you. I, well, so it's funny because I, a lot of people I talk to, I'm assuming you guys, you know, sawing logs and chopping logs means snoring, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, I don't know, I guess a lot of millennials and, and Gen Z don't, they don't know that that's an idiom for snoring. And so a lot of people okay. in, the young, in the younger audience don't get the bit. But for people, oh for people that are like 30, people that are like 30 and up tend to be like, that's me. I'm like 30 and that. up. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's funny because um, I, I, that, that's actually one of the best images from our first photo shoot ever over two years ago now. And it was me and my friends. I, it was like me and maybe 12 of my friends different times during the day. I got a photographer friend of mine that do the whole shoot for a good price. This is like before we sold a single set of bed sheets, and my friends are like, "All right, what do you want to do?" And I wrote a shot list, and one of the the hero shots that I circled is I was like, "My friend Tony and my friend Virginia. Tony's a woodworker. He's gonna bring in a circle saw, and we're gonna we're gonna saw two by four in half in the bedroom while he sleeps behind her. And the message is like, you can sleep through anything on these sheets. There's like a big bit about like sawing logs and snoring that we can do, and like." You know, we're going to do a gender reversal where Virginia, Virginia is going to be the one sawing the log in half and Tony is going to be the one sleeping behind her. And we made like a little a little 30 second short video out of it on our, on our YouTube that we haven't really promoted too much. But that picture is so good. And, and we use it to this day because it just cracks me up. Like I like and that's right. the beauty of and you talk about humor, this space, this, this sheet and bedding space bores me to tears. Like my competitors are like, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's always like the white sheets, the white walls, there's always like a French press coffee placed like very precariously on the edge of a white comforter. Um, and it's just like, it's like, I've never, I've never seen anybody's bedroom actually like, you know, look like that. Like there's always like a right. giant fern, fern next to the bed. Like there's always exposed brick, like everybody lives in New York City. Um, and, and so, you know, like I, I just, I, this space kills me. And so I love like doing things that no one's ever seen before in this space. So like, we have three men in a bed with avocado face masks on, drinking wine. I'm I'm the one in the middle. Um, <laughs> right, you know, love we've got, it. We've we've got the uh, you know uh, the two by four. We've got um, you know women drinking whiskey and playing cards in bed. We've got um, you know you have people. a VP of marketing. Yeah, Can we yeah. Talk about that for a second. Your VP yeah, of yeah, marketing. Yeah. I mean, you can Harvey get on the phone? Like, can so we Harvey, talk to Harvey? Harvey, he's been following me around this entire interview. He's literally just sitting at my feet, staring at me right now. Um, so, if, you, if, if the people listening go to sheetsgiggles.com/harvey, no and in the URL, right? Sheetsgiggles.com/harvey. Uh, you'll see my dog, who's also our VP of marketing. Um, and don't worry, name. we're linking to Harvey in the show notes. People. Good. So, <laughs> so that that actually might be the best copy I've ever written. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for people, but Harvey has some awards that he's won that uh, we've we've listed there. So good to um, check out. Yeah, you created yeah, that good. that mystery. We have to go there now and see. <laughs> he's a good boy, and he's a very that. and he's a very cheap model. He's my Jack Jack Russell Dachshund mix for those listening. He's a really really good boy, and he's he's a good good model. The sweet awesome. baby. Yeah, and we're a very dog-friendly, pet-friendly podcast, so we love yeah. to hear that. 
Yeah, We've had many know, a dog in the background. <laughs> if, yeah, if you, if you really want to know how I'm sustaining myself through this, Harvey is like the only thing getting me through this right now. So, yeah. and um, yeah, he's oh, he's Harvey. really been my rock through this. So, oh, oh my uh, God, Colin. Well, I mean, we'd love to talk to you and Harvey for like 800 more years, but that probably wouldn't be very <laughs> sustainable. But thank you so much. I mean, I knew when we started our conversation, this was going to be super fun and it has not disappointed. Um, what would you like to leave with our folks? What are you excited about? I mean, besides like leaving the house and seeing our family and friends again, <laughs> what are you, what are you, what do you give a sheet about right now? What are you excited about? What's coming um, up for you? You know, you I, did there? I give a sheet. Yeah. I, I, no, I give a sheet. I like it. I, so I, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, Forbes once called our sheets ridiculously soft and I was like, perfect adjective. Um, nice. but, or ad, adverbs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, so I was like, I was thinking about this the other day I, in terms of like, uh, you know, self promos right now we're, you know, we're donating 20% of all of our sales to COVID-19 relief. I think we just passed the $35,000 mark, uh, mm. today, um, of donations. Like we're, you know, we, we just gave away a lot of bed sheet sets to nurses, doctors, and healthcare workers. We had a big giveaway this last weekend. And basically, you nominate somebody in your life who's a doctor, health, nurse, or healthcare worker treating COVID patients. You know, we're, we can't send them to everybody, but, you know, as many as we can, they're going to get a free sheet set. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the I think the thing that I just want to leave people with is, like, it's a really difficult time. I, hopefully, when this podcast airs in uh, mid-May, uh, it's a little bit less crazy of a time. Uh, we're, you know, starting to um, heal a little bit from all this. But um, I think that it's been a really, a really interesting time to see how people treat one another. And I think for the most part, I've been really inspired by the way that people have had to come together to deal with this crisis and be supportive yeah. for each other. Um, yeah. You know, I've had, I've had friends affected, I've had family affected, you know, and, and I think the one thing that I'm, I'm really thankful for is it's been really good to see people come together in, in my community and other communities to help one another right now. And so that's what I'd say is, is, is keep that going, whether it may we're still in the middle of this or not, or, you know, we're coming out of it, keep that going. And, and I hope that everybody out there is safe and healthy and happy and, you know, take good care of themselves and their family. And keep Wonderful. giving a sheet. <laughs> yeah, and keep, and keep giving a sheet. Yeah, exactly. Keep and, giving yeah, a sheet. You can sum all that up in a too long, didn't listen, like, just give a sheet about each other. So. Yeah, that's right. Oh Love God. it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone have an amazing day and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.